1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Moranalytics Podcast, episode number 57. I am Patrick Moran. On today's show, I'll be joined by a young lady who's becoming a quick riser on the Buffalo sports media scene. Jenna Harner from WIBB-TV Channel 4 is quickly making a name for herself with her talent and her fun-loving personality, and she's my guest on the Moranalytics Podcast Today, we're talking about her life and her career from growing up in Connecticut, a Red Sox, Bruins, and New York football Giants fan, <laughs> a, a weird combination I know, to going to college at Ithaca where she really caught the sports reporting bug. She would spend a couple of years working in Elmira before the opportunity to move to Buffalo and join the Channel 4 news team came about. I ask her about that opportunity and if it was a tough decision and we spend plenty of time talking about Buffalo, how she feels about the city, some of the places that she's enjoyed, friends that she's made. I give her chicken wing advice because why wouldn't I? That's what I always do. We talk a little bit of sports media, some UB football. By the way, UB playing Army tomorrow in a huge game in Amherst. Try to go 5-0, and all. I think maybe for the first time in program history. What a big, big day that's going to be. And before I let her go, I put her through my growingly popular, he says what well, my mother tells me, the mini lighting round, just a bunch of random questions, a bunch of fun facts, opportunity to, get to know some pretty cool things about her. I like Jenna a lot, I do. I like her personality. I like her enthusiasm. You can always tell when someone's very grateful and happy to do for a living what they're doing. And Jenna most certainly is. So yeah, it's a good interview and I'm a big fan of hers now. I'll get to that in just a minute. Before that though, you know what? I got to get rid of that fun funk music that I like to play at the beginning of every episode. This is a serious message here. Nothing, uh, nothing fun about it next Friday's episode, I'm putting together what I consider my most important episode ever. It's called The Knowledge McDaniel Story. I'm gonna tell everyone around the world a story about a 17-year-old talented D1 prospect, a wonderful kid, and most importantly here, a 100% completely innocent kid down here in Florida that is getting royally screwed over by a politically driven and quite possibly corrupt Florida High School Athletic Administration. They've already robbed, and I mean that, they robbed this kid of a half season of his senior year eligibility, and they're taking the playoffs away from him as well. It's just repulsive, and it's disgusting. Dick Vitale, of course, you know, ESPN College Basketball announcing fame. He lives around the area. He's been absolutely incensed and outraged over it. I'm going to have former Florida High School Florida college and NFL legend, Kevin Carter with me. I'm going to have other guests. I've already talked to Josina Anderson. I've talked to Adam Schefter. They're supporting the cause. They've retweeted some stuff out. I've talked to some Tampa Bay Buccaneer players who are very angry. It's just a messed up story. I look very much forward to bringing it to you. And then I'm going to tell you, not just, I want you guys to not just listen. I want you to do something about it. Trust me you can. Doesn't matter if you live down here in Florida. Doesn't matter if you live in New York, South Dakota, California, Wyoming, Japan. Does not matter. The only thing that's going to bring about change is taking action. And I'm going to be really counting on you guys to help write letters, make phone calls, send tweets to help right or wrong. It's as simple as that. So make sure you listen to that next week. Again, it's something that to me is very, very, very important. Anyway, yeah, that's next week. Today is a much more positive show with one of the most positive people I've had a chance to talk to in quite a while. Let's get to know WIBB-TV's Jenna Harder. All right, my guest today is somewhat new to the Buffalo sports media scene. She came over from Elmira this past spring. And she's grown into her role as a sports reporter at WYBB TV Channel 4 in Buffalo. She's talented. And I like what I've seen and heard from her so far. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Let's get to know Channel 4's Jenna Hardner. What's up, Jenna? How are you doing?
0: I am doing well, thanks. Oh my gosh, you have so many nice things to say about me. That's so nice of
1: you. You know, I'll tell you what. I saw you last week. And I'm going to plug these guys because I really like what they do. I saw you on Trainwreck Sports. You did their podcast or it was a video feed, whatever you want to call it, a live feed. They also do a video version. Anyway, and those guys are nuts, man. They really are. I really enjoy the stuff that they do. And they have a lot of good UB talking. You were on there talking UB. And I was really impressed with the conversation that you were having with them. I said, you know what? I got to get you on this show. And I want to talk to you for myself and get to know you a little bit. So that's why I got you on today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Well, like I do with pretty much everyone from the Buffalo sports media, I try to present this as an opportunity for fans who may not know a lot about you to get to know you better. So what I want to do is I want to go all the way back and then we'll circle back to a couple other things too. But you grew up, you're not from Buffalo. You're not from Western New York. You actually grew up in Connecticut. Where exactly are you from? Where did you grow up in Connecticut?
0: Uh, So I'm from a town called South Windsor, Connecticut. I tell people the easiest way to think about it is Hartford, which is pretty much smack in the middle of the state. It's like 20 minutes east of that. So, I mean, you can kind of joke with everybody. I'm like, you can get anywhere in Connecticut in like two hours. So it's not too big, but um, so pretty central. uh, Your classic suburbia. um, That's where I grew up.
1: Now, I'm pretty sure, assuming, you know, because of the area that you grew up in, that you were probably grew up a fan of a lot of the Boston sports teams. Am I right with that? Partially.
0: Um, I always have to preface, well, when I moved here and I said I was from Connecticut, everyone's like, oh, my God, you're a Patriots fan. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> pump the brakes. Not a Patriots fan. Um, so I'm the weird combination that everybody likes to make fun of. I am a Red Sox fan, a Bruins fan, and a Giants fan. So yeah. the New York Giants instead of the Patriots. And I've I've heard every people have said to me, Oh, you're a bandwagon fan. I'm like, no, because if I was a bandwagon fan, I'd be a Yankees and a Patriots fan. So I, I stand by my teams when I defend myself in that way. What made
1: you a New York Giants fan? That's pretty interesting to have two Boston teams like that, but then a New York team for football. Uh
0: both my parents. Uh, grew up it was funny again they both uh, grew up Boston Red Sox and New York Giants fans just because of where they lived ah. they lived like two towns apart from each other and two towns away from where uh, I grew up so that was um, both of their thing um, my mom is the, the diehard I mean both my parents are but my mom's you know the diehard diehard Giants fan so that kind of uh, came to me a little bit. <laughs>
1: What were some of the things that you were into as a young kid growing up? Were you a sports fan as a very young child or was sports something that came for you a little bit later on? Did you play any sports?
0: I did. So um, I grew up pretty much playing every sport you can imagine. My parents, you know, wanted me to be able to try everything and they were, you know, huge sports fans. So I was your classic, you know, kid that played soccer, played softball. um, And then I kind of progressed to uh lacrosse um and I actually got recruited and played at Ithaca for a year um so I played you know college lacrosse did you know the classic travel for you know every weekend in high school in the summer was I was going to Long Island I was going to um Syracuse Rochester to um play in these tournaments so lacrosse was my big sport but you know kind of tried everything I played hockey forever until you know I was a like eight years old going up against 12 year old boys for face offs. And I'm not very tall. And at that age I was not. So my dad was like, okay, maybe it's time we do something else.
1: You mentioned Ithaca college. That's where you would go on to further your education after high school. What led to your decision to go to Ithaca college?
0: So it was kind of crazy. And I know rules have changed now in the recruiting process. um, But the club team for lacrosse I played on um, that I started playing on in eighth grade they said okay you know it's you're going into freshman year of high school now it's time to start getting recruited and I was like how I was like what how am I supposed to know you know everything where I want to go all that I vividly remember one night sitting at the kitchen table and just kind of like panicking because I was like I don't know like what I want to do in college. And I always kind of knew that I wanted to um, be in TV news. Um, That was something weirdly that I always loved to do. Um, But I, you know, panicked a little bit about that. And so my dad was like, all right, let's relax, um, as he always did. Uh, And so we started looking at schools and then you had to, you know, reach out to schools. And um, I knew always I wanted a great combination of Division three lacrosse and a really good communication school. And Lo and behold, Ithaca kind of just fit that mold perfectly. So um, it was always my number one school I could do not since like my freshman year of high school. And obviously I made it there and a couple of years out now, it kind of feels crazy to think, you know, that I spent four years there and now I'm already in
1: the workforce. One of the things that I love about having sports media folk on here is you guys all come from different times of your life where you decide that. I want to be a sports writer or I want to be a sports broadcaster. For some people, it's very early on. For some people, it's not until high school. Hell, it's not even the college or even in some cases after college where they say, you know what? This is what I want to do with my life. You mentioned this already. Being in TV news was something that you thought that you wanted to do as a young age. Do you remember why? Like what in your mind as a young kid, whatever age that may have been for you, made you decide that, you know what? When I grow up, I think this is what I want to do.
0: I, that's that's definitely tough. There's a couple vivid memories I have, but my mom is like an avid Today Show fan and loves, you know, all of our local news. So that was always on in my house. And so it was kind of, you know, every morning as I was getting up, going downstairs, getting ready for school and all that, you know, the Today Show was on. So I kind of, I feel like I always just was surrounded by news that I was like, oh, this is really cool. And yeah. um, had all, uh, all of, you know, the museum, you know, when we went on vacations in D.C. and New York and all that with all those interactive exhibits where it's like, Oh, you can broadcast the news. I remember I always wanted to do that. My mom like will post pictures. She'll be like, Oh, you know, Jenna's living her dream. And, you know, from like, you know, four year old me sitting at, you know, the um, desk at, you know, the hockey hall of fame or whatever museum we went to as a kid. But it's actually kind of funny. I had always wanted to do news and I never, I guess, I didn't really think about sports, you know, sports broadcasting. I always wanted to be a news anchor, And then in college with Ithaca, we had the best, at least, you know, I I guess in my biased opinion, one of the best uh, college television stations in the country. But as a freshman, you know, I auditioned for all the sports shows and all the news shows and the sports department was like, yeah, you're too good for news. You know, sports way too well. We're kind of pulling you into the sports department. So that's actually really how it started for me.
1: You know, it's funny because I was going to say, For a lot of people, it's after college. But in your case, it is during college. You become a sportscaster at WICB, a college station in Ithaca, and you're also a sports writer on the college paper. What were those experiences like for you, and how do you think that they'd go on to help you in the future as you start to carve a career for yourself?
0: Oh, my gosh. Those were... Probably easily some of the most incredible experiences I had just, you know, with the fact that I was able to do so much so young. I mean, my sophomore year, we had um, a college game day style show called Bombers Live. And basically, you know, we had a studio portion, we had a field portion, and I was asked to host the studio portion, which was to me the craziest thing. because I was like, I am just a sophomore and here I am. You really want me to do this? Um but it was crazy, but I, you know, those experiences, you know, just starting being on camera, learning how to be in a studio environment, learning how to, you know, control your guests and debate with them and talk with them and manage timing. I mean, it really, I started, you know, doing things that I'm doing now when I was a freshman, sophomore in college, which was, um, crazy. And just all the cool steps we took to, um, I don't know if you've heard, I know a lot of people aren't, you know, don't really know about it, but, uh, Cortica, the Cortica jug, the biggest D3 football game in the country between Ithaca and SUNY Cortland. Hmm. The rivalry is unreal. Um, but we actually brought the studio show to the field for game day, which had never been done before up until that point. Now they do it all the time. So, you know, to be part of things like that, we just,
1: what was that you know, experience like doing cool. that? being able to bring that there. What was that like?
0: It was amazing. It was wild. And it was, you know, so many late nights, crazy planning. But I'll just, I'll never forget being on the field with the stands packed behind us, the team warming up. I mean, I felt like I was, you know, literally as a sophomore, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm practically like Maria Taylor on college
1: game day. Like this to me, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You started to make a name for yourself when you got a job at, W E N Y TV in Elmira. How did that opportunity come about, and what was that experience like for you? Uh, well, that
0: was actually—I feel like it's everything has had its, you know weird circumstances with me and getting jobs and you know being where I'm at. So W E N Y was about thirty minutes down the road from Ithaca, and I had known some people that had interned there and had great experiences. So I kind of made it my mission. I was like, you know, senior year. Spring semester, right before I'm getting ready to graduate, I want to intern at W E and Y, and so I had applied and they brought me in and they were like, "Yeah, we really like you. Like you can totally intern in the sports department." And it kind of was like a little bit too easy of a process. I was like, "Oh wow, this is awesome!" Um, and I started. I technically uh, started in like October of my senior year, so it would have been 2015. Yeah, October 2015 and interned all the way through. Um, and it was funny because when I left for winter break and came back, uh, the sports director at the time, Jenna Cottrell, who is now in Rochester at uh Wham, she had left and went to Rochester. So Dan Fates, uh, my boss at when I was an intern and um, who later turned out to be my boss was by himself. And he this was a little bit of a long story short, but he, one night he had appendicitis and couldn't anchor. So I was there filling in, um, helping out with a story. And they, you know, the news director and one of the evening anchors came out and literally asked me, they're like, hey, would you want to fill in on sports tonight? And it was the craziest thing. Um, but I did. Uh, And it was amazing. And I think that was kind of like what opened the door. And then, you know, a couple months later, they were asking me, you know, hey, did you think you wanted to apply here? Would you want to work here? And I went through the interview process. And, you know, a couple weeks before I graduated, I signed the contract and I had the job.
1: That's great. Let's turn our attention to your Buffalo job. What led you to go into WIVB TV in the spring of this year?
0: So I actually hadn't even really been searching yet uh, for jobs. My two year was kind of coming over the horizon a little bit. And that was when I said to myself, okay, you know, this is when I'm really going to start looking. Um, this is when I'm, you know, going to look to move somewhere else. I had no idea where, um, I'd kind of targeted a couple markets. Um, and it was funny, actually Buffalo was on my list, but to me, I was like, eh, no, like I want to go down South, like, you know, <laughs> um, and Lisa Polster, my news director, who is incredible and fantastic at WIVB, one night in March, she had sent me an email. Um, actually, it was the end of February. She sent me an email. Um, it was like two lines. But it was basically like, hey, Jenna, we have an opening in our sports department. Would you be interested in talking about it? Send me an email back.
1: And that was it pretty much right there, huh?
0: And that was it. We, you know, got in contact. I think it was on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We had a conversation on the phone on Friday. Um, I was up here uh, at the station the next Thursday. And then like a week later, they offered me the job, which was just it all happened so quickly that I kind of was just like, Oh, I can't believe this is really happening. Um, But it was, you know, the more I thought about it, you know, I was like Buffalo is such an amazing market because we have professional football. We have professional hockey. You have the Bisons, you have the bandits, you know, all these teams right here. And, you know, it was kind of a no brainer at that point. I was like, how can I say no to this
1: opportunity? Yeah. And including the UB Bulls, which we're going to talk about me and you shortly. How's it been for you so far though? Have you had a chance to like breathe a little bit? I mean, like you said, everything kind of happens so fast. Have you had a chance to like soak it in a little bit and just start to relax and ease into your job? Or has it just been crazy? Yeah, no,
0: it actually kind of was too perfect of timing when I started because it seemed like there was ups and downs of like, oh, wow, it's really busy with, you know, the NHL draft, the NFL draft, and then things come down a bit. And then, you know, oh, OTAs are starting and then kind of things come down a bit. So it was nice to kind of get my feet under me um, and, you know, working with this sports team, you know, Josh, Nick, Scott and Mike, you know, I'm super lucky to work with those guys, but um, getting, you know, training and all that was, you know, quick and easy. And, you know, kind of was nice to be able to do that. So now, you know, when we're, you know, dealing with the insanity between bills and Sabers and UB and um, all this stuff, it's kind of nice to be like, okay, I, you know, had my footing under me a little bit, and I mean, I've kind of relaxed now and that I've gotten into a groove and I've been able to, you know, explore and meet people and, you know, kind of see all the cool things that Buffalo has to offer that, you know, surprised me. And I know now, like no one really knows about all these cool underground things Buffalo has, but you know, they have them.
1: I'm with Jenna Hardner from WYBB TV in Buffalo. Jenna, let me ask you this. I'm sure you like your job, obviously. There's a lot of cool parts about it. What do you think is the coolest part of a job like yours?
0: Oh, man. Um, I just think being at, you know, all these cool events, covering all these things, especially here in Buffalo, I think kind of the moment when (laughs) the other day I I texted my dad, I was like, I have to pinch myself right now. But um, covering the prospects challenge was one of the coolest things ever because I'm, you know, sitting there watching the Bruins play the Bruins prospects, play the Penguins prospects. And then, you know, seeing Rasmus Dahlin and the Sabres prospects uh, take on New Jersey. You know, this, I, hockey is my sport, you know, growing up watching all the time. So just to see them here and, you know, to go in the locker room afterwards and do the interviews with, you know, professional hockey players, you really do have to stop and be like, wait a second, I'm really interviewing Rasmus Dahlin right now. You know, this is just,
1: it is, it's really, really cool. Now, it, this may be an unfair question because you're still at the beginning stages of your career right now. But so far, if you can remember one, what do you think's been the hardest moment of your career?
0: Hmm, uh, That's a good one. Um, I actually might go back to Elmira for this one. But in Elmira, we um, covered Walk & International. So all the racing and all that. Um, and every year we do this incredible one hour live special on the NASCAR race. And, you know, I never really grew up watching NASCAR. It was never to me, you know, this huge sport. I was never really, I guess, interested in it. Right. Um, but, you know, produce. (laughs) it's so funny because I mean, I feel like I grew up around a lot of people that felt the same way. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're thrown into this world where, you know, you're interviewing Jeff Gordon and you're talking to Dale and all these crazy things. And it was, you know, a huge learning experience to have to take that challenge on while, you know, obviously brushing up on my NASCAR facts, I can't say that, you know, I have it on ESPN or anything, you know, on my notifications, but it was probably one of, you know, the biggest challenges and just biggest learning experiences for me just to be able to have to, you know, figure out everything that was going on and kind of get up to speed with, you know, when I was in a room, the media room with all these people who, you know, have been covering NASCAR and have been diehard fans for 20, 25 years. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't even been alive that long.
1: (laughs) During your time in Western New York, have you had an opportunity yet to start to develop a little bit of a rapport with some of the local sports media, you know, maybe outside of your channel four crew?
0: Yeah, I think that's also one of the, big things that surprised me here was just especially in the sports media um especially among you know television you know we all get along really well or yeah. at least i guess my eyes we do i don't know I, i'm not going to speak for other people but you know like jenna Kalari from channel seven i've you know become really good friends with her she's one of the sweetest people ever you know uh, when we're out together covering high school football game on Friday nights, you know, her and I will be chatting and catching up about things. Um, Matt Bovee is fantastic too. Heather's had really a great.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's great.
0: Oh, he is he is awesome. He was one of like – and I think everybody too, you know, everybody when I started here reached out, you know, said, hey, nice to meet you, all that stuff. Um, a lot of the, you know, newspaper guys, a lot of the Sabres guys, Paul Hamilton, um, Joe Yurden, I mean, I feel like I – could mention everybody because they all just sound so nice and welcoming and friendly. Um and you know have made me feel like, you know, I'm a part of this Buffalo media clan. Oh, Tim Graham and Sal Cabaccio too. I mean, we work with them all the time, but you know, those two guys are great. I'll bump into Sal, you know, on somewhere on Elmwood out for dinner and he'll, you know, he invited me over, you know, introduced me to his family. His son's so cute. So, um, I mean, everybody here is kind of just really great. And I think that's, what's awesome. You know, we push each other to have the best content, but it's never, you know, like a claws come out competition kind of thing.
1: Do you have a couple of people that you would consider like your biggest influences in sports media? that have to be someone local, maybe someone you grew up really admiring as a kid or in high school or college. Just a couple of people that you really said, man, I love to really pattern myself after this person.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a couple. I, I love Scott Van Pelt so much. I love what he does. I love the product he puts out and just kind of, how he presents himself on the desk and all that, I think he's you know one of the greatest people in sports media, and I just love I could listen to him talk for days, yeah um so he's really great and um like especially in high school too, uh Katie Nolan, when she kind of first came out onto the scene, um I loved her stuff, just you know i and I still you know to this day she's someone you know that i just I love what she does, I love how she says things, you know she's hysterical, she keeps it, you know blunt and straightforward um I'm trying to think who else I always you know growing up it was I loved Katie or Katie Nolan Katie Katie Couric um she was always and she was kind of like I originally always you know again going wanting to do news I was like you know she was always the type of journalist I wanted to be and someone I molded myself after um but yeah I guess those are probably you know my three and I just I love watching you know as much as I can, especially now, just to, you know, learn from these people and, you know, see how they're doing their craft. I mean, the, just the talent at these top levels, you kind of really see it and you're like, wow, it makes you really appreciate um, the industry as a whole. One of
1: the big differences between someone like you, who's coming up through the ranks now and maybe a couple decades ago, you know, even just a decade ago for that matter is social media. How do you feel about social media, particularly Twitter I said, you're part of that new age type media. I think you get the importance of social media, Twitter, stuff like that. Maybe more than some sports media men and women out there who've probably been around for a very long time. You, I think you have a good grasp that you know how important those things are.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think I always joke. I'm like, I live on Twitter. If I'm not on Twitter, you know, at least once an hour, I feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm behind <laughs> a thing. And it's so funny to see how that's transitioned. But I think especially, you know, as journalists, that's how a lot of us get our news now, especially with, you know, breaking updates, you know, we're at press conferences, we're at games, we're at events where, you know, you'll tweet something out quickly. And, you know, you're passing that information along. And a lot of sports fans, you know, I really think reside and live on Twitter and love it. Um, and that was always kind of a big thing, too, especially in Almira. Um Facebook for news was a big audience, but all of the sports audience really turned to Twitter. Um, and we used to joke, we had, um, like a, uh, social media, um, analytics, uh, t- uh, TV that was in our, um, newsroom in Elmira and it would always, you know, show everybody's Twitter scores and Facebook scores and it was some algorithm of, you know, how many people are retweeting you, liking it, all that stuff. And we always would joke because the sports department would be at the bottom of the barrel for Facebook. But Twitter, we would, you know, be quintupling people's points. And so it's always funny just to kind of see that's how, you know, especially people in sports, that's really where they turn to nowadays to get those immediate updates, especially, you know, when it comes to things like football and hockey, they want to be in the know and it's so easy, you know, when you're covering a game, to, so, you know, tweet something that happened, an injury, a stat, something and it, you know, everybody can get access to it right away.
1: Have you been able to avoid for the most part trolls? Have you been lucky in that capacity? Because if you haven't, I'm sure they'll get to you at some point because there's just people out there. It doesn't matter what you report, what you tweet, what you say. They're going to say something stupid to you pretty much intentionally With the intentions of inciting a response from you, trying to rattle you and get you going. It happens to all sports media people. Have you been fortunate enough so far to be able to avoid that?
0: It's really funny you say that because I kid you not within the last 12 hours, I've been dealing with trolls just like for the first time. And it's hysterical. Like I, so I tweeted something. Um, so on, uh, Sunday on my way to work one of my coworkers and I stopped at um Meyer Brothers cider mill to get cider donuts and cider before we oh, headed man. into work and I, oh my gosh they're amazing and everybody yep. told me about them on Twitter <laughs> oh they were so good so we're waiting in line and you know I had the game up on my phone the Bills game and I was freaking out because all of a sudden the Bills were up 17 nothing and I was like oh my god what is happening and you know my coworker uh, is a big football fan too. She's a huge Bills fan. So we're talking about the game. And then this girl, a couple feet go behind us whispers, she was like, oh my God, it's just football relax. And I was like, what do you mean relax? Like the Bills are beating the Vikings. Um, and so I tweeted that out. And for some reason people are like, so like you're watching the game in line for cider donuts, but like, you're not watching the game. I was like, I'm um, on my way to work, and I stopped to get donuts, and I'm still watching, so I don't know why it's a bad thing, yeah. and it was, like, I kid you not, in the last 12 hours, and that, and I was like, I tweeted back at this guy, and I was like, uh, what's the difference between me watching on my phone and watching on the couch, and <laughs> I don't know, the hills people want to die on just kind of back me up sometimes, but I, for the most part, I mean, especially like the Buffalo Twitter community, especially in Buffalo sports, like, Everybody's been so nice. I was just saying that today. the day. I'm like, I can't believe I haven't dealt with this.
1: Well, <laughs> brace yourself, Jenna, because it's going to get worse. As your profile rises, I promise you, they'll come out more and more. But long as you have the capacity and the ability to just deal with it, you don't let it get to you too much, it, it, it won't bother you a lot. Now, you mentioned Buffalo. You've been here about a half year now. How's that been for you? Forget the work aspect of it. I'm talking about the, just the social... And, you know, just the status of living in Buffalo, how's that been for you? And what are your early thoughts of the city?
0: Oh, my gosh, it is incredible. Uh, It was so funny because, I mean, everybody, I feel like when they think of Buffalo, it's like, oh, my God, three feet of snow. Why would you move to Buffalo? But I I mean, the winters are going to be a whole nother thing. I've lived in, you know, central, upstate, western, whatever people want to call those areas of New York. For the last six years, practically, you know, I've dealt with Ithaca winters. I've dealt with Elmira winters. We're going to get a little more snow here. I can, you know, I've always grown up with snow. We can, I can deal with that. But I think the city just surprised me so much. I mean, it's amazing with, there's always something going on and I know they call it the city of good neighbors. And clearly that's for a reason. I mean, the people here have just been like the sweetest, nicest, Community of people, whether it's people I've worked with, whether it's people, you know, friends I've had here that have introduced me to their friends. So new people I've met in this area. I mean, everybody and they love their city. I think that's what, you know, the pride here for, you know, the city, the sports teams. I think that's what, you know, has been so amazing. I'm like, people love it here. They care about their community. They care about their sports teams. And I, I love that, you know, through all the ups and the downs, you know, clearly Bills and Sabres fans have had to deal with a lot of ups and downs and, you know, they never give up on their team. And I think that's one of the reasons that drew me here, but also, you know, the fact that there's so many great people in this area, it surprised
1: me so much. Uh, I'll tell you what you said, two words that really stick out to me, prideful and community. That really is what Buffalo is all about. I spent pretty much all my life there. And now I moved down to Florida for a couple of reasons. And there. It's different. Put it that way. You know, some, some places like for an example, Florida, they might cosmetically look better with the beaches and the pretty water and the palm trees and all that. But you start, you quickly learn when you're not in Buffalo anymore, that pride and community are just things that Buffalo's is just so, so big on. Let me ask you this too. Okay. Perhaps we'll give a few places here a little bit of free pub. What are a few of your favorite spots that you like to go now to get you know, maybe chicken wings or some pizza or maybe a beer or two, things like that. Where are a couple of places that you find yourself that you like going, whether it's just yourself or friends or whoever?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I've, I was really lucky. Um, one of this girl I knew in college decently, well, she was a year younger than me. You know, we didn't have the same group of friends. We were in the same major, so we'd always see each other so now and again, um, she's, a Buffalonian, grew up in North Tonawanda. And so when I said I was moving here, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We're going to, you know, introduce you. So uh, her name's Allie and she's been kind of, you know, my Buffalo tour guide. So she's been giving me, you know, all these great spots. I've met a ton of friends through her. She's one of the sweetest people. I'm truly lucky to call her a friend. But she's, I think, introduced me to a lot of my favorite spots. I actually, everyone's like, oh my God, have you been to uh, Anchor Bar or Duff yet? I haven't been to either because everyone's telling me they're like, you got to go to the underground places. So I've been to Gabe's gate and I love their wings. I Great think those wings. are my favorite. That I've- Oh my gosh. They're my favorite. I should a preface that I've tried so far. I will never say no to wings. So, um, they were one of my favorite spots. Um, I love Coulter Bay too. Um, just for, you know, their beer. I got introduced to the, uh, Sunday Sunday aspect of Buffalo pretty early
1: on. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah.
0: So that's a great Sunday spot. I think where else I love, uh, Cole's on Elmwood too. Mm-hmm. Their food is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Pretty much any restaurant I've been to here. I have had an incredible experience at, and I'll definitely go again. So I have to like think of other places I've been to. Oh my gosh. I have like my sushi favorites, um, wasabi, also nice. I live in the Elmwood Village, so everything's kind of right around here. Trying I think where else for drinks and stuff like that. I, I can say I haven't had a bad food or drink experience here in Buffalo. So
1: Well, let me tell you, Jenna, I, you're going to, as you become more of a Buffalonian and get settled in, you're going to find places like Gabriel's Gate for Wings that are so much better than, say, Anchor Bar or Duff's. And you're going to learn that people who are from Buffalo and have spent most of their lives, there kind of dis Anchor Bar and Duff's a little bit. Don't don't buy into that, okay? They're not as good at those places are not as good for wings as some of the places like Bar Bill, 9-11, Elmo's, some of these really, I mean, amazing places. But at the same token, and I told other people this on the show who are new to the city, places like um, Anchor Bar and Duff's, they're the OGs of chicken wings. You got to respect them. So when people in Buffalo say, yeah, don't go there There's so many better places. Don't listen to them. Go to anchor bar and go to Duff's too. put that on your rotation. At least you got to have them at least once you got to pay homage to the pioneers of Buffalo chicken wings. Just a free tip. Oh,
0: absolutely. (laughs) They're on my list. I promise I will everyone. And it's funny. People react to the same way. So I tell people, I'm like, I promise I will go and have them like, Buffalo does wings better than anywhere oh my god else. yes um, they
1: do again to use the Florida reference where I live now oh my god the worst place in Buffalo is probably in the top three in Florida that's how much better wings are in <laughs> Buffalo let's t- <laughs> I could talk about chicken wings all day as much as I enjoy talking to you that's not why I have you on this podcast I do want to talk UB football right now you're covering UB football. You arrive on the scene. Suddenly, the team's a powerhouse. Maybe I should give you all the credit for that. <laughs> yeah, but I'll take it if, you, if you're
0: missing it out. I'll absolutely give
1: credit for it. <laughs> Seriously, though, right now the team's four and zero. Big game against Army coming up this weekend. What about this team makes them so special? I mean, this is a we've had decent UB teams in recent years, but this team seems different. This team seems really special.
0: Oh my gosh! I think there's so many things, especially you know covering this team kind of from the beginning when they started camp over the summer, they had kept saying that, you know, we're a really special team this year and that's kind of a mentality they've carried over. But I think they're just so solid on every aspect of the ball. I just, I feel like teams that I've covered, teams that I've watched that I've rooted for, I just, I've never, I guess, seen more of a, I want to say complete team. I mean, your quarterback is such a talent, definite, you know, NFL draft pick next year I would you know easily say he could go in the second honestly if not the first round if he does decide to declare um your wide receiver core is fantastic they said they wanted to work on the running game the first couple weeks of the season and then all of a sudden you know you've seen Kevin Marks and Jared Patterson kind of come out and emerge the run game so you know you have a strong quarterback you have incredibly talented wide receivers you have great running backs And then you go to the defensive side of the ball and it's just like, oh my gosh, this team is so complete, especially, you know, with Khalil Hodge, one of the leaders on the defense. I just, they're so well-rounded and honestly, so well-coached. I mean, Lance Leifold clearly knows what he's doing with these guys. And I think it's just, you know, hitting things at the right time. I just, I feel like, I don't want to say, I guess, luck in numbers, but the fact that, you know. Everybody, all these parts are working together so well at this moment. I think that's one of the big things
1: that does it for them. One of the guys among the wide receivers, you mentioned the wide receivers being talented, is Anthony Johnson. Everything I've read about this kid, and I've seen him play many times too, is that he could be a high NFL draft pick next year. It's not like potentially even mid to late first round pick. For those fans out there who may not know a lot about this team, tell us about how talented Anthony Johnson is.
0: Oh my gosh. The catches he can make, sometimes you look at it and I almost kind of forget that it's college. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a couple catches he's had um that are NFL caliber catches. I mean, he's proving to you why he was um on the preseason All-American watch list. I mean, just he's so talented. I'll never forget. There was, I want to say it was the Eastern Michigan game. Tyree Jackson had, you know, easily a 40-yard bomb and he just kind of, one hand grabs it, pulled it down. Well, honestly, they probably could have called pass interference on the defense on him. He just makes things look too easy. I sit there and I'm like, okay. And there's a reason, you know, like you were saying that he probably could go mid to late first round next year, just because he's so skilled. And the two of them, Tyree Jackson, and Anthony Johnson, you know, we always joke Jackson to Johnson. I mean, the two of them are on the same page. They said that um, in the preseason, when we were talking to them, you know, they kind of can always read each other's minds and just kind of know those things and having that connection between your quarterback and one of your top receivers are just, you know, fantastic. And that's another reason why they've
1: been doing so well. Do you get a sense that Western New York is starting to get behind you be more as the program's gaining more success?
0: Absolutely. I actually did a story yesterday and I closed out with my tag. I was, you know, if you look on Ticketmaster for tickets for these for this game on Saturday, there's very few seats left available and I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, this could really be a sellout. So right. people are, you know, really starting to get on board and seeing, you know, oh my gosh, this team is really good. Especially, you know, I think before the Bills won last week, everyone's like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the football team to get behind this year, which kind of cracks me up because, you know, you get two really great football teams in the area, but um, I, you know, you see it more and more people, especially I guess with the national media too, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, where did this UB team come from? And I tweeted, I'm like, we have known that they were going to be great this year. I mean, did anyone think they were going to start four? 0? You know, I don't know, but I mean, we knew the potential this team had and they've been showing it uh, since, you know, since day one.
1: It's good to know that fans are starting to rally around the team. Like you just talked about a story where getting tickets is getting harder to find because I think the city really dropped the ball for a variety of reasons about four or five years ago. Because UB had Khalil Mack, one of the, he was the greatest player ever at UB, and he's one of the best players in the NFL right now. They couldn't even get 15,000 yeah. people in that in that stadium most times when he was playing there. This Saturday, very tough game coming up against Army. They took Oklahoma an to OT on the road last week. What would a win over Army do for the program, not just going five and zero, but beating a quality opponent like Army. What would that do for the program?
0: Well, if they beat Army, it'll be the first time in program history they've ever swept the non-conference plate. Which to me, I mean, and you look at the non-conference games they played, Temple, Rutgers, and now Army. I mean, that that would be impressive to say the least, but I think, you know. It would put them on the map for sure. I mean, a lot of people, again, have been talking about, you know, oh, the hype behind this team, all that. But this game is one of those games that I think is a really big defining factor. You win this game, you kind of prove to everybody, you know, hey, we really deserve to be recognized. And it's kind of great, too, because that's not how they're playing. They're, you know, they keep telling us, you know, it's a week by week mentality. And I love that they're not letting the hype get to their heads. They're not looking too far in advance, but you really saw last year. I mean, they made it six and six, they're bowl eligible and they're one of three teams that doesn't get a, a bid for a bowl. So that has kind of been that mentality. They've kept that chip on their shoulder. And I think, you know, this going five and O winning against an army team that, like you said, took Oklahoma to overtime on the road, which still kind of blows my mind. It's crazy, but um, you win this game. And all of a sudden, you know, people really are starting to pay more attention, really starting to see the talent this team has. And then, you know, after this, if you win this, you know, the kind of question is, you know, where do you, where do you go from here? How much more growth can you have from here? Is this going to be the best season that they have in program history Again, I think it all goes back to their talent, too. I mean, this group is just, you know, all across the board. The offensive line has yet to allow us back. I mean, that blows my mind.
1: I'm sure whether you're in the studio or whether you're in the field doing a report, you probably enjoy talking about sports, period. It doesn't matter so much to you what level. But if you have a preference between high school college or professional sports? Is there one sport that you like to cover? I'd Not one sport. Let me take that back. Is there one level of sport that you may like covering more than another? I mean, you'd be surprised. You would think that everyone would say, oh, I'd rather cover a professional team. But there's a lot of people out there who like covering high school more or college more. Do you have one level of sport that you like covering more than the other? Or is it pretty much all the same for you and you're just happy to be doing it? I
0: It's pretty much, I would say it's definitely very close to being all the same because again, I'm, you know, so lucky to be able to be here and doing what I'm doing. But weirdly, I would honestly say I put college over the other two, just a tiny bit, obviously, you know, being able to cover professional sports has been a dream of mine. So the fact that I'm doing it right now, I'm like, okay, this is still so surreal, but with college, you know, you just get that little bit more access. Um, yep. Yep. And, you know, that's always, you know, I, since I, you know, was in, was in college myself, you know, being at Ithaca, we covered Cornell hockey. Um, I started covering them my sophomore year. So, you know, working with those types of teams, really getting to know the players who, you know, are kind of on the cusp of becoming professional. You know, I think they're still so naive, so humbled. And I guess that really goes across the board too, with all Buffalo sports, because I was saying this to a friend the other day and he made a good point. He goes, you know, I don't think jerks would really last long in Buffalo and they won't. But, you know, seeing, you know, these kids who I was, you know, just not necessarily that far off from, you know, being able to talk to them and just, you know, seeing their growth, seeing those experiences among college players, you know, just, I guess it feels, I guess, a little bit that much more rewarding. You get to follow these kids, you know, as they follow their dream while I'm following mine. So it's kind of a cool parallel, I guess.
1: All right, Jenna, just as I do with all my guests, I'm going to end this with a mini lightning round. What I'm going to do is ask (laughs) you a handful of random questions. Not a lot of deep thought required here. Whatever the first answer is that pops in your mind, that's your answer. We're good with that. All right. You cool? I'm ready. I'm a little nervous. Nah, I don't need to be nervous. This is not the FBI here. Favorite all-time athlete? Oh, favorite all-time athlete.
0: I got to go Wayne Gretzky.
1: Okay. Now, I'm not going to let you get away with saying lacrosse because I know you played it. Favorite non sports related activity to do?
0: Favorite non sports related activity? I'm a big binge watcher of shows. So I like when I have a free day that I don't have to do anything, I will easily blow through a season of whatever new show I start. Right. Um, so I probably say that.
1: Bonus question Give me one or two shows that you would do like binge watching.
0: Ooh, um, I just. Made it all the way through and have caught up on uh nine one one on on Fox. Um, and I was so mad. I'll never forget. Someone told me they're like, it's a stupid show. Like it's terrible. And so I didn't watch it. And all of a sudden one day I was bored and I blew through it. So that's one of my favorite uh, new girls up there. Office, time at your mother, all those
1: fun things. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how many cities you've been able to get to because you're still relatively new in the business. But favorite city.
0: Oh, LA. That's definitely one of my favorites.
1: Who's the most entertaining fellow sports reporter, you know,
0: Most entertaining fellow sports reporter. Oh man.
1: In Buffalo or anywhere, anywhere. So long as you know him, it counts.
0: (laughs) My former co-anchor back in Elmira, Kevin Case, hands down, One of the most entertaining people, especially sports reporters, I've ever met, hands down.
1: What's your favorite sports movie ever? Do you have one?
0: Uh, I'm so cliche with this. I know everyone, like, it's it's a classic to be cliche, but Miracle, always, hands down. Oh, my God. You are
1: the third person, I think, in the last maybe four media guests I've had on who said Miracle. I know Joe did for sure. I know, I, I can't remember the other ones. I know, maybe Chris Baker. I know Joe Jordan from The Athletic was definitely one of those. Yeah, <laughs> wow. All right, you know what? I'm going to have to watch it again. I haven't seen it in like 10 years. I didn't think so much of it the first time. I guess I screwed up. I'm going to have to go back and watch that again.
0: Definitely.
1: Okay, third last question. If you had never gotten involved in sports broadcast journalism in any capacity, or if you did and it never worked out for you, What do you think you may have went on to do with your life?
0: Oh, I, if I wasn't a journalist, I hands down would have been a forensic scientist. I loved all the CSI related stuff. Yep, Took a class on it in high school. Absolutely loved it. So that, that might be a backup plan. If this doesn't continue to work out.
1: That's interesting. I like that. Wow. Okay. Second, last question here. If Twitter were to send you a note and say, Hey, Jenna, you're only allowed to follow one person now on Twitter, one person only. You've got to get rid of every single person you follow except for one or handle. It doesn't have to be a person. But if you could only follow one Twitter handle, who would that one person be?
0: Okay. I, this is a really tough one for me, but Nina Kimes is one of my favorite follows on Twitter as it is. And Obviously, she tweets sports, so I'd be up-to-date on sports, but she's also just absolutely hysterical and very relatable. So, Mina Kimes.
1: Okay. Last question here. Three dinner guests, any era, any part of history. could be anyone you want. You could have three dinner people at your table later tonight. Who do you got?
0: This is all so tough, and I'm going to do all people actually that are alive right now I love history love historical figures but I want to have dinner for sure with Katie Nolan Wayne Gretzky and Malala those are my three
1: okay I like that well done well done guys and girls you can follow Jenna on Twitter at Jenna Harder 4 of course check out her good work on channel four this was fun man I'm I'm a big Jenna Harder fan now This was fun. Thanks for this.
0: Thank you so much. I am a huge fan of you as well already. So I really appreciate you having me on, taking some time out of your day. This was
1: awesome. All right. That's a wrap for this episode. Once again, big thanks to WIBB Channel 4's Jenna Hardner. That was a lot of fun getting to know her. She certainly has a vibrant personality and an enthusiastic demeanor about her job. I hope she's around the Buffalo sports media scene for a long time. I think the media needs more people like her in it, especially nowadays in an era of so many outlets, so much contentiousness, and so much, as my buddy Joe likes to say, media on media crime. So thanks again, Jenna. That was fun. If you haven't done so already, I mean, I don't even know what's wrong with you at this point. Go to Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, whatever it's called now, and subscribe to the Moranalytics Podcast. It's quick, it's easy, it's free. Just go to that app, find the show, and hit the subscribe button. That's all you got to do. Hit the button, nothing else. Bam, new episodes automatically can send right to your phone or computer. You don't have to do anything else. Play the episode and save it like you would an old baseball rookie card delete it so it doesn't clog up the memory on your phone. Whatever you want to do, the choice is yours. If you don't have Apple, you can catch us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are heard. Enjoy the weekend. I'll be back with a brand new episode on Tuesday. I'll be recapping the Bills-Packers game on Pat with Pucks. I'll probably get a guest to drop some knowledge on here. It'll be a good time. Make this show appointment listening, please. Again, have a good weekend. Go UB Bulls.